Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The January 6th committee is wrapping up its proceedings today. Those are done. That's the headline, of course, with the full report expected to be out on Wednesday. For some people, they're saying, yay, it's the beginning of the end. But is it? Or is it just the end of the beginning? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, we're going to go beyond just the headlines of what uh, was voted on today in the business meeting of the January 6th committee. As we said, the full report will come out on Wednesday. But we want to go past the headlines into what actually was done and what actually comes next. And to help us do that, as always, Greg Scordis, KSL Legal Analyst, joins us on the line to continue breaking this down. Greg, thanks for jumping on. Nice to be with you again, Boyd. So let's get in uh, in terms of the top line. Uh, we know that there were four specific recommendations in terms of charges against the former president, Donald Trump. Uh, let's take a look at those first, and we'll get into some of the uh, ethics issues with some of the members of Congress as well. So uh, walk us through just a little bit in terms of the four major pieces uh, that were recommended to the Department of Justice today. So they're a little bit interrelated, but effectively uh, it's a conspiracy uh, to defraud the United States, uh, conspiracy to uh, interrupt an official proceeding, uh, cor- uh, excuse me, contempt of Congress and contempt of, of uh, the United States of an official proceeding, so to speak. So it's really related to not only the the incitement of the people involved in the January 6th, uh, 2021 attempted coup, but also the fact that the president, the former president, hasn't cooperated or hasn't been forthcoming in the investigation that's occurred since then. And one of the easy, interesting things that we've been looking at is as this has played out today. Of course, this has been a, a long time in the making. Uh, but, of course, the the important thing for everyone to, to recognize in sort of the end of the beginning category is, is that the announcements today and, of course, the full report that will come out Wednesday, uh, there's really no legal weight there as it relates to the Department of Justice. So explain that just a little for our listeners. Yeah, so it, it, the Department of Justice was is working independently. They're doing their own investigation, Boyd. And, in fact, they've reached out to the January 6th committee uh, during the last several months, saying, can we get copies, can we get transcripts of your interviews? Because the January 6th committee has interviewed over a 1,000 people, and any prosecutor would, would be dying to get that information. 
The January 6th committee said that it would cooperate, but not until they were finished with their investigation. So today is is historic in that respect. And I think it's really more, like you said, uh, the end of the beginning instead of the beginning of the end, because I think that the January 6th committee now will turn over their findings, turn over their interviews and, and everything they've got to the Department of Justice. And the Department of Justice is the only agency here uh, that would have the power to file criminal charges. The January 6th committee can only make a recommendation or a referral that criminal charges could or should be brought. Yeah, I wanted to dig in a little bit uh, to the, to your comment about this idea that uh, the, the January 6th committee and the Department of Justice have been a little sideways uh, from time to time during the course of this whole process. As you mentioned, uh, the Department of Justice has always wanted access to transcripts and different interviews and so on. They even filed uh, some things in court in terms of, uh, hey, we really need this as part of our investigation. Uh, and, uh, of course, now that will all be turned over, so that will sort of be a, a, a moot point. But it does sort of give you this perspective in terms of what the committee could do and what the Department of Justice could do and ultimately will do. Right. And and the committee, to in their defense, Boyd, was really not necessarily focused on criminal charges, but just yeah. sort of a whodunit. Let's get down to the bottom of this, find out who was involved and what happened. And as a result of that, they have found things that could potentially be criminal. And so once you do that, even though that's not your focus, you turn that information over at the appropriate time to the prosecutors, in this case, the Department of Justice, for them to decide if and when criminal charges will be filed. But the January 6th committee issued a lot of findings, not the least of which was that they believe there was criminal conduct here not only with respect to the former president, but but with respect to his his lawyer, this uh, John Eastman. So the Department of Justice can do with that information what they want, or they can they can run their own course. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah, and I think it's such a, an interesting thing. Uh, you know, when uh, when the former vice president, Mike Pence, was in town a couple of months ago, we actually talked about this this very thing. And, and while he had some disagreement with the political component uh, to the committee and how that was formed and who was on it. Uh, he also was very quick to point out that the committee did some very important work some uh, in uncovering some very important facts and some important testimony uh, that, of course, the Department of Justice will use. Uh, so I thought that was an interesting thing that uh, you can you can disagree with the politics of it and you can agree that there were some important conversations that took place. And, and yes, there was theatrics and yes, there were politics and all of that. Uh, but that's uh, that's why we have the Department of Justice uh, to to do that. Uh, I've also been dying to ask you, Greg, because uh, I was trying to kind of hunt through and look at some of these kinds of recommendations from a congressional committee to the Department of Justice uh, in terms of how often they're actually acted upon. Uh, and it, it's not a real stellar record in terms of those uh, recommendations from Congress to the Department of Justice. A lot of times the Department of Justice has either done their own work and they're they're done uh, or they've looked at it and said, we don't think there's enough to actually turn it into. Anything else in, in your perspective and your digging and all of that uh, in terms of 
kind of that relationship between congressional committees of any kind and the Department of Justice? Well, and, and you hit it on the head right at the beginning, Boyd, which is the Department of Justice does not want to be involved in the politics of this. Mm. The, the former president has already accused Merrick Garland of playing politics. So they're saying, look, January 6th committee, we appreciate what you've done. We want to get it. But we're the ones that are going to make this decision as to whether or not there's criminal charges here, independent of the, the politics of this. And, and it's important, I think, to know, Boyd, that the politics of this as it relates to the January 6th committee is 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 important, too, because they're issuing their opinion right now, just days before the end of the year, when Congress is going to be a majority Republican and may not even have much much interest in pursuing this. So there, that, that sort of defines the politics of it, if you will. Then the Department of Justice is going to say, look, we, we, we're going to do our own investigation, but thanks for the work, and we're going to use that in de- deciding what we think makes the most sense. Yeah, it will be interesting to see in the, in the long game of all of this, uh, one, how far down the path the Department of Justice really was at this point in, in time. Obviously, they're not going to disclose that in, anytime soon. Uh, but then how much of the committee work they're going to use, as you said, Greg, as supplemental uh, to what they've already done and, and how that moves uh, that forward, which will just be really interesting. Uh, let, let's jump really fast, Greg, to the uh, to the members of Congress, uh, including Kevin McCarthy, uh, who are part of a referral to the Ethics Committee uh, within Congress uh, to that. Anything you see there or uh, anything in terms of uh, what might come next? Well, I, I think that there's just going to be so much politics going on in the next couple of weeks uh, when when Congress turns from from uh, blue to red in terms of its majority, at least the House does. And and so we're going to, uh, you know, I, I, I think that we sort of need to let the dust settle a little bit. I mean, the January 6th committee boy did a great job and uh, it's time for them to move on. Congress is going to come in. There may be a new Speaker of the House. There will certainly be a new Speaker of the House. And and then we'll see what they choose to do with this information, if anything at all, or whether it was just going to be Department of Justice from now on. Yeah. And, it, and it, uh, just from my experience in D.C., the Ethics Committee uh, gets a gazillion reports a day on members of right. Congress. Uh, their backlog is huge. Their pace is uh, glacially slow. Um, and, and again, if it's a Republican controlled Congress, I don't know that any of that's going to rise to the uh, the top, although they are an independent component. They aren't uh, led by either side. So that part will be interesting as well. Uh, Greg Scordis, always appreciate your, your perspective, especially on a day like today. And uh, we'll continue to watch for that in the days ahead. Thanks, Boyd. All right. That's Greg Scordis uh, joining us once again. Always appreciate Greg's legal mind in breaking down those things real simply in terms of what happened And as I look at it, uh, I really do think this is not the beginning of the end. It's the end of the beginning. And everything shifts now in terms of focus to the Department of Justice, uh, who is the entity that does have power to actually bring charges uh, and deal with all of the issues relating to January the 6th. Uh, So it's been an interesting exercise. Uh, As we said, I think the January 6th committee did some important work, some political work for sure. Uh, but some very important work in terms of testimony, in terms of facts and what actually took place and why this matters in terms of how we make sure that we maintain our constitutional republic. So it is officially the end of the beginning for January 6th committee. We'll see where the Department of Justice goes as we move it ahead into the new year. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, 
a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.